Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Um, before we get into the news stories, we have some news of our own, but unfortunately, Kieran's just, I, I, I can almost, I don't know how I'm going to get through this pod, Kieran, because Kieran just gave me some news that's, it's really rocked me. It's, it's, and if I'm struggling, imagine how Kieran's going to be struggling. Share with the listeners, Kieran, what you said as we just tuned into each other. Well, I was about to go make some rocket and caper mayo, and and my capers are out of date, and, it, and and I've been down to Waitrose, and they're and they're they're out of stock. Oh, so it's 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 a crisis in the Maguire household. Never oh. mind the World Cup. This is this is this is what really matters. You, you see, some people are struggling to make a decision whether to pay the heating bill or buy food. And Kieran's got no capers for his rocket and caper salad. This is this is heartrending, Kieran. I, I think we should. I'm going to get comic relief involved. Is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Next Red Nose Day, we're going to get a sad picture of Kieran holding up an, an empty packet of capers, pointing at the out of date date. I didn't know capers could go out of date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't they, aren't they go, little, go they're little pickled things, aren't they? They are, yes. Oh, oh so well, well, what's kept you so long? Have you, you're sitting on a <laughs> never mind. Well, you know what it's like when you get when you stick things in a in a cupboard. Ah, and, tell and me they, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then you go, oh blimey, I haven't used those for a while. So I thought, right, rocket and caper mayo on some yeah. uh, goes really well with fish and chips and disaster. Yeah, I had that decision on a bottle of limoncello, which I found at the back of a cupboard the other day which is way past its sell by date but I figured it was alcohol and lemon so it couldn't possibly be <laughs> off could it how could that be off uh didn't didn't next morning I had a terrible headache next morning but it's not as bad as your problem um now our news stories Kieran the first one I'm afraid is a sad story um we uh, have some news about our upcoming live show which was due to take place at Plymouth Argyle's home park on Tuesday the 13th of December However, for various reasons, including the upcoming rail strikes, we know a lot of you were travelling from quite some distance, plus Plymouth are playing at home in the Papa John's Trophy that week. We've agreed with the club to postpone the show. I'm very sorry about that and the fact that it's quite short notice. We'll let you know the new date as soon as it's been agreed, but it will be in the new year. Uh, It's likely to be February or March. We hope everyone who's bought a ticket can make it, but if you can't, of course, you'll be able to get a full refund. On a brighter note, however, literally... The first ever Price of Football replica shirt will be available to pre-order from this coming Monday, December the 5th. I would say it will make a lovely Christmas present, but you won't get it before Christmas, which that's the level of um, <laughs> admin cleverness we're working on. <laughs> this, that's what, this is why we don't win awards, Kieran. We can't even get the shirts out in time for Christmas. Uh, it's a lovely shirt. We're, we're gonna, they, there is a photograph somewhere along Kieran's social media, but we'll be revealing it in a, in a, 
uh, I was going to say a spoof kit reveal, but it's not. It's going to be a proper show kit reveal, albeit one that's filmed at the Porson's Arms. It's it's right. It's white. It's right. It's white with a green and yellow trim. It's got a lovely stitched Price of Football FC badge with Finley and Smudge on it, plus uh, a Latin motto, which I'm not entirely sure is grammatically or factually correct, but it has the word <laughs> amortize artists in it. Uh, Kieran want, obviously wanted to amortize anus, but we decided that was <laughs> definitely not going. But you've, you can find a link to our online store. Have we got an online store? I didn't know we had an online store. But anyway, yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> we, got, we got nothing in it. <laughs> apparently, if you go to priceoffootball.com um, or our Twitter feeds, you can find a link to our online store. And it's also in the description of this episode of your podcast app. We'll only make as many shirts as we get orders. So to make sure you pre-order yours as soon as the pre-sale period starts at 10 a.m. on Monday. The shirts are available in adult size, big adult size, giant adult size and kid sizes and all the profits we make will be going to gamble aware so it's in a good cause so having got our news out of the way kieran and let's get on to actual world football news none of which is as sad as the caper shortage Mm. even the shenanigans at juventus are put into the shade by the caper shortage but we start um in australia kieran there's some some australians are quite unhappy with some scottish people kieran Yes, um, this is uh, this is Rangers. R- Rangers have sort of been on the show a bit too often recently. I think for, yes. for their liking. Um, so uh, yeah, we we spoke about uh, when their accounts came out. They they had a lawsuit which they settled with Mike Ashley. They've had to go and pay back some money in the form of a loan to former owner Dave King, and he's still being a bit snarky about uh, the way the club's being run. They've got a dispute or a potential dispute with Elite Sports, who've gone into administration to do with to do with Hummel and Castori, um, and now um, we have the promoters of the Sydney Cup. Now, you know, as we're aware, um, during the World Cup, uh, lots of clubs are doing things overseas. I, th- I think I think Palace are aren't they playing overseas next week? Uh, no, overseas are playing. They're coming to us. We've got. I come to you. Okay, cool. Right. Bogo. And but we were, I think we were in the Sydney Cup in the summer. We took part in some meaningless tournament in Australia. So uh, actually, it might have been Perth. I don't think we're glamorous enough even for Sydney to be perfectly honest. But. <laughs> so, so the, uh, the the promoters of the Sydney Cup. Now, the Sydney Cup was to, was originally due to take place between Celtic Rangers. Uh, Sydney FC and another Australian club. Mm. And um, there's a lot of um, Celtic and Rangers fans in Australia. Um, so this was uh, th- this, this stirred up quite a lot of interest. Um, and then Rangers pulled out. So um, the, the promoters are grumpy about this. Um, the, the, uh, they managed to get Everton. As as a replacement for Rangers, but Celtic ended up playing Everton, and there were there were thirty nine thousand unsold seats or unsold tickets, as far mm. as the the match was concerned. And so the promoters saying, "Well, you know, we've we've lost out here, so we're going to sue you for around about one point six million pounds, which right. uh, you know is uh, is is you know, a sizable amount." Um, Rangers said, I think at the time in, in March that. Um, they were unhappy because the match was being promoted as an old firm game, uh, and 
they're saying yeah, old firm matches are cup matches and league matches. Um, and uh, the, the Rangers fans also were, bit, were quite unhappy when this was announced. And they got a bit, uh, yeah, going back to last March, um, because it was sort of being announced as uh, Angie's, you know, uh, uh, the Celtic managers, uh, he's Australian. It was being marketed as his homecoming. And uh, Rangers fans said, hold on, you know, it's Celtic versus Rangers. We're not the bit part. You know, we, we are yeah, not yeah. the Andrew Ridgely <laughs> in the Wham of of the old firm, and, and and therefore they kicked off the the Rangers board run happy. They pulled out. So there's a, there's a lawsuit now. Rangers could be counterclaiming against the promoters for marketing the game in the wrong way. But you know, when it comes to all this, you know, we've we've got Mike Ashley, we've got Elite Sports, we've got the promoters, we've got Rangers counterclaiming. We all know that there's only one winner in this. And it's those 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 people that that don't have to buy bottled capers; they can get them delivered by hand. It's it's our silver tongued friends in the legal profession, in in the accounting profession, and so on, who will just be going, "Well, this this is uh, this is money for old rope for us. We'll we'll get involved." And uh, it, it's uh, it, it's money that drains out of the football business, and you know we're fully aware that we've got disputes, and you know we we, we think the the absolute world of Nick DeMarco, and, and I've met many of his legal friends, and they're all very smart people. But um, there's I think it's, there's too many squabbles arriving in football, and uh, you know negotiations far better than litigation. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure off air Nick DeMarco did tell us that he has his capers delivered one by one. By a, an individual toddler just comes along with a silver salver with a caper on each. So it's it's a little bit naughty of the organisers uh, organisers um, promoting it as an old firm derby because it there's a subtext there, isn't it? It comes with a this is going to be a bit tasty, it's going to be a bit naughty. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, there might be some trouble. That's, I, I can understand why Rangers were unhappy about that, but so they could lose out twice because presumably they lost out on a substantial amount of money by withdrawing from the tournament and now yeah. could could lose. Yeah, the best part of two million quid, which for uh, even for a club like Rangers is a substantial amount of money, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, they they are also having to, of course, go and play uh, pay, pay the manager as a payoff. I mean, they, they did get, I think they got around about two and a half million quid yeah. from uh, Stephen Gerrard going to Aston Villa. Uh, but uh, you know, Van Brock, is it Van Brockhurst? They just yeah, sacked, and, and they've also awesome. recruited. The, the QPR ex-manager, so that would have cost them in compensation. Um, at a time when, uh, you know, we, all, we, we everybody knows that in, in in Scotland, finishing second is finishing nowhere, as far as far as Rangers and Celtic are concerned, and, and they've they've drifted a bit a wee bit behind uh, Celtic as far as the table is concerned. So, um, yeah, there, there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of angst uh, at Ibrox. Mm. Now, to quote the immortal John Shuttleworth. Man United's share price has been up and down like a bride's ninety. <laughs> yes, it has, um, and uh, and and mainly, uh, yeah. We we spoke uh, last week, just as the story just broke. Yep. I think the, uh, earlier in that day, yeah, that uh, there was a potential takeover of Manchester United, and you know, and I'd estimated what I thought could be an asking price, and I said at the time, you know, it, it it's it's way beyond the current share price. Well. If if you'd had a thousand pounds worth of Manchester United shares last last Tuesday morning, you'd now be sitting on a profit of seven hundred and fifty quid on your thousand pounds. So uh, the share price has shot up. Um, 
I think it's it's indicative of a bit of speculation. You know, people are people are hoping the deal's going to go through. So I think the the shares are probably going to be sold for for somewhere close to twenty eight to thirty dollars if if a deal goes through. Last week they were at thirteen, so people piled in. It's a bit like what you would have seen in in trading places that uh, you you try to get on the right side of of a of a wave of buying or selling. Um, and and the share price last night was was twenty two dollars eighty five. Um, I'm I'm not going to be judgmental on this, but the biggest winners in this are the Glazer family. Um, over the course of of six days, um, the the value of their shares in Manchester United has increased by $1.56 billion, which is a ridiculous wow. amount of money uh, for people who have not put a dime into the club. So do we know who is selling these shares, Kieran, that people are buying so avidly? Um, it, it's They're being sold on the market, so so you, you never right. quite know. That, you know that there are a couple of um, big investors uh, in Manchester United as far as um, the the shares which are available to be traded, um, but a lot of it will be you know I'll buy at thirteen, I'll sell at sixteen. Somebody else will buy it off me at sixteen. They'll sell at nineteen, and and there's a bit of a um, yeah, there's a bit of a, a rumble as as it were, uh, and and eventually you're, you're going to peak, and people are going to start to say, well, I'm going to take my profits now, and I expect to see um, to to use your. Uh, uh, the great John Sutterworth wage uh, uh, phrase. I expect to see a, a bit of up and downy um, oh. over the course of the next few weeks. Um, certainly, the the initial splurge um, has has petered out a bit, but we'll we'll have to have to see what happens if if this share price can be maintained or if it's still got some legs to go. Is it possible, Kieran, that, therefore, that the Glazers had no intention of selling, but have have said they might to just to raise the, the share price? Um. If they did that, it would be um, a, a very, very big breach of stock market rules. Oh, okay, right. Okay. And, and they'd get a severe slapping right. um, for that. So, um, you know, that would effectively be – could be accused of insider dealing, could be right, accused okay. of misleading the market. Um, the repercussions, I think, would be quite severe. So, so there's no evidence of that. Um, and, and to be – you know, I'm, I'm not the, the Glazers' biggest fan, but the story – broke before the club put out any pronouncements themselves right um although you know it, the, the story must have come from somewhere in the first place uh, there was talk in the first few days as well kieran that there was uh, uh, an english billionaire was was going to buy the the club entirely which seems to have gone away so are we any closer to knowing who's interested in, in buying manchester united no no what what will be happening it's, it's a bit like you know if, you, if you've got a if you've got a big posh house, you know, uh, Steve Coogan's house in Ovingdean, uh, where where I play pitch and putt, um, that went up effectively for uh, for a glorified auction. So you know, the agents put put feelers out. They then put they then sort of go around the people that they know who are looking to to uh, to, to buy a, a big company or a big big property or whatever it's going to be and, and and they try to to drum up interest and then they try to effectively set off prospective buyers against one another i, I knew steve coogan had a big house queue and i didn't realize you could play pitch and putt in it <laughs> uh, i like steve i used to write for steve a long time ago um this next question kieran confused me slightly 
Uh, as you know, I can be a bear of small brain. And the, the first part of it, producer guy has written, the owner of the energy drink company, Rich Energy, and that's just, what his name. I, well, that's what I, I thought. That's the, that's the best bit of nominative determinism I've, I've ever seen since that since that Red Bull bought that energy drink company. But I, it, wouldn't it be great? Because I thought, I thought, well, maybe his name is Rich Energy, so that's why he called it. But anyway, so whoever it is, the that's the the first part of the story involves the owner of Rich Energy. Um, he could be going to court um, over the sale of Coventry City. Yes. Um, so we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that a, a local businessman, a, a guy called Doug King, was going to buy Coventry City, um, it would appear, from the current owners called Sisu, who are an offshore uh, offshore hedge fund, um, who, for reasons best known to themselves, bought the clubs. So that appeared to be sort of no news is good news because what what one would have assumed would have been happening is that Doug King would have been putting uh, representations to the EFL uh, in respect of the owners and directors test and should the EFL be happy and the the lawyers are happy on both sides then, then we've got to say um, and then along comes a gentleman called William Story now William Story um makes uh makes chris kirchner look like mary poppins he is uh, <laughs> he is uh, a guy with a an interesting backstory um for which i will fill in some of the details um he invented i, I believe some form of energy drink in in 2009 which was such a brilliant product that he didn't bother to try to sell it till about seven years later and he he set up this company called rich energy and uh, I've, got, I've got the most recent uh, accounts for Rich Energy. Uh, Rich Energy has three employees, according to its accounts, and it has in its bank account £581, Ooh. which you're thinking, well, that's that's not necessarily going to be enough to buy a football club. Hmm. So that did seem a little bit strange. And, and then you... When you look at his uh, his other activities in the world of sport, um, he has tried to to buy Sunderland. He he claims to have been on QPR's books, but he certainly didn't play for the first team. And then uh, he he got involved with uh, Formula One, and first of all, um, he signed some sort of multi year sponsorship deal, which was worth you know, tens and tens of millions um, with the Formula One team called Haas. Um, and I think this was for four or five years, uh, but he, he cancelled this after four or five months, blaming the politics and the PC attitude of Formula One. Oh. Now, yeah, I, I, I don't really follow Formula One particularly closely, but I've never really noticed what I'd describe as a PC attitude uh, amongst the drivers or not, the. Not yeah, famous it, for it, is it? No, no, it's not not exactly noted for for uh, uh, progressive uh, views. Although, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Lewis Hamilton fan in in the way that he stands up for for yeah. a number of causes. Um, he then claims he was going to buy um, Force India, uh, another uh, yeah. So rather than doing sponsorship, this time he's going to buy the whole shebang. Um, and Force India said, "Well, that's news to us." Uh, that comes comes as a great surprise. Um, and and where is this one hundred million pounds of which you speak? So um, yeah, it's all it's all a bit strange. So what William Story is now saying, I was in talks with Sisu to buy Coventry City Football Club, and I'd made 
quite a lot of progress in terms of the deal. And now this guy, Doug King's come from nowhere. And this is outrageous. Yeah, it's the equivalent of saying, you know, you'd agreed to buy somebody's house, you'd exchange contracts, and then suddenly they somebody else appears from nowhere and buys it. So so William's story is claiming to be the the wounded uh, party in all of this. And therefore, he's saying, well, they, you know, I, I want some form of settlement, so I'm going to do a lawsuit, um, and so on. So so we, we await developments, but um, Coventry City fans, uh, they they must have run over uh, a black cat this year. You know, the number of, of bad luck stories that they've had in terms of matches postponed and this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and now they, they, it looks as if they found themselves a new owner, local lad, Coventry fan, you know, ticking lots of boxes, and William Story comes along and sticks his oar in, um, which he, he may be entitled to do. Uh, we, 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 we cannot say one way or the other. But based on his track record, it, it does seem that he's, uh, he's sort of uh, you know Chris Kirchner multiplied by uh, Lawrence Bassini multiplied by Steve Dale. Oh wow, that's a big sum. Um, yeah, that's a big sum indeed. Big sum, yeah. As, as we say on the football finance pod, that's big sums, that isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard Swiss Ramble use that expression. God, that's big sums, isn't it? Uh, but with a Swiss accent, obviously. Um, Lewis Hamilton, the firmest handshake I've ever I've ever felt in my life. It's incredible. Oh wow! But I, and, and a really strong neck. Um, I was with. I can't. I, I won't name him partly because I can't remember his name, but I was with an Australian Grand Prix. There's <laughs> <laughs> a, a young Australian Grand Prix driver to the TV show I was writing on, and he had um, several uh, young ladies with him who were friends. And I said to him, mate, they, they seem to find you very attractive. He went, well, they're not made of wood, mate, are they? So there you go. What? <laughs> uh, 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 he was a very confident young man. I, I, spent, spent, I spent my entire time in his company breathing in. Um, <laughs> it looks as though... Paul Scally's time at Gillingham may be coming to a close, Kieran. Yes, uh, I think Paul Scally has been at Gillingham for 26, 27 years now. As long as that? Um, wow, blimey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at Company's House, uh, which, as as you know, is, is my favourite website. Indeed. Um, and, and not many people can say that uh, in 2022. Um, there was something which came through uh, there in the last 48 hours which indicates that um, they have Gillingham Football Club have taken out a charge, i.e. they've effectively taken out a mortgage um, with a gentleman called Bradley Gallinson. And you go, well, this 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 needs Googling. Hmm. So, so you Google it, and it turns out that Mr. Gallinson is uh, an American guy who's, um, who's, who's head of a, a fund in the United States. Now, why would anybody lend to a football club that is currently 23rd in league 2 with two wins all season and in fact you know, we are we are starting december this this show's going out at the start of december they've scored six goals all season at wow, the start yeah. of december as far as the league so yeah, that's that's pretty grim stuff so you'd wonder why somebody would lend to a football club under those circumstances um paul scally and his fellow directors um, have lent uh, over £2 million to Gillingham Football Club. Um, I believe they charge interest on that, which they are perfectly legally entitled to do. Mm. Um, they've, they've got a school uh, somehow running at Gillingham as well. It's, 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 a, it's, quite, a, it's quite a different football club. But um, I think it's fair to say the relations between Paul Scally and the fan base have, have soured somewhat. Um, and 
he's you know he's 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 not as young as he used to be. I, I don't think his health is necessarily hundred percent. I think he's 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 looking for an exit route. Mm. Um, so Bradley Gallinson, yeah, from doing a bit of ferreting around, his name has been mentioned as a potential um, new owner at uh, at Gillingham. So so yeah, we, we're starting to get a few ducks pointing in the same direction uh, at this stage. Um, and uh, if if so, Gillingham, you know. It's one of those clubs you think, well, where is it? It's, it's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's the only club in Kent in the EFL. So, mm. you know, big, big catchment area. Uh, it, you know, there's no reason why it couldn't make more progress than where it is at present. But uh, the uh, the existing owners of effectively uh, operating on a budget, which, which, you know, makes that quite a challenge. I, I think even Paul Scally would agree that his reputation when he first went to Gillingham was, I think, wide boy. Is is generous. I mean, he he was a, a, a let's say a rough diamond, shall we say? But I don't think anybody would have predicted that he'd be there for more than two decades, right from the start, because it 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 did seem like he was looking to buy a club, you know, do it up a little bit, and then sell it for a huge profit. But to be fair to him, I mean, he's he's kept at it, and as you say, he's kept putting money into the club, albeit he's charging them for it. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's not. The most popular person in Brighton because uh, when when we got kicked out of the Goldstone because uh, mm. our former owners had sold it and hadn't bothered to find a replacement, uh, we ended up playing there for two seasons. And yeah, there was there, there were a few issues, uh, but, but but yeah, you you live to fight another day. Yeah, so you sound like a Charlton fan, Kieran. That's what you get. You you out of the goodness of your own heart, you you give somebody a place to play football. And all they do is moan about it like a terrible tenant. Paul Scully's gone up in my estimation, I have to say, Kieran. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> this episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. next story was predicted by a question that we had on our pod a couple of weeks ago which we 
and Lincoln City have now confirmed that they have indeed submitted plans to the local council. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, Lincoln are always on my good step as opposed to my naughty step because mm. they they are one of those clubs that that sees themselves as a, as a community club that engages with the with the fans trust. Uh, it, it invites fans groups onto onto meetings as well to to explain this situation. Uh, I've got to know Liam, who's the chief executive. I, I know Clive Nates uh, a wee bit as well, who's, who's effectively the owner. Um, and the, the the Lincoln model, as far as the investors are concerned, is that they tend to put in a little bit of money. Now, a little bit of money by a little bit of money. I mean, yeah, normally yeah, a few hundred grand every couple of months to keep the the, the club moving forwards. Um, but um, they've they, they've applied for um, an expansion in effect, which will um, it will bring in rail seating to effectively safe standing mm. to <clears throat> to the ground. Um, I think there's going to be some sort of two tier stand. They, they were originally going for three tiers, but um, as, as I said, current economic climate, it, it's just too risky. Um, you know, because they're, they're trying to they're trying to get more fans into the ground, but. Yeah, we're going through a much broader economic challenge. So this this will potentially increase the capacity um, of uh, of Sinsel Bank to to eleven thousand five hundred, which you know is, is a decent size. It's partly been funded by grants. It's partly been funded by the owners. It's partly been funded by the fans putting money together as well. It's 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 good to see a club which which does clearly have a strategy and a vision, and has the approach of we will do this but not in all not all immediately you know, we will progress slowly because that's a more sustainable approach um and you, you you get more fans in you get a better reputation you can expand a wee bit more and so on um so so, so fair play to them uh, but it, it's certainly moving forwards and how much is this going to cost in total Kieran did you say I think it's uh 1.6 1.8 million something like that so uh, you know, a, a, a sizable amount of money, but they've 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 sourced the funding. They're not gambling by trying to do too much too quickly. Um, you know, we, we, you probably remember the the was it, the was it the George Reynolds Arena at Darlington? Darlington. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, it weighed about yeah. about thirty thousand seaters, wasn't it? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Too, and too, and too of many. which you could probably see most of them. Yeah. Um, at the other end of the financial scale, 1.6, 1.8 million is, is loose change down the back of a sofa for Silver Lake. Uh, and they've increased their stake this week, haven't they, in the City Football Group? Yes. So um, Silver Lake are an American investment fund, i.e. they've got no interest in football other than as a pure investment. And um, they bought 10% of the City Football Group. Now, the City Football Group consists of Manchester City and 11 other football clubs. Now, each of those other 11, 11 other football clubs are just as important to the fans as Manchester City are to, to, to City fans. But you know, Manchester City is very much sort of the mothership, as it were. So the City Football Group operates um, this multi-club model, which has advantages because you can sell – you know, front of shirt deals all over the world. You can get a a, a common colour of, of kit. You can get common uh, common uh, sponsorship deals. So so that, so it, it's a it's a really interesting business model. And also you can you can shift players around 
to uh, to ensure that everybody gets consistency of training and experience um, in in the first teams elsewhere. So it's, it's it's intriguing what's happening there. Silver Lake liked this, so they bought ten percent of the City Football Group um, a couple of years ago for five hundred million dollars. In September, they they bought some more shares, and um, the the other major shareholders apart from Sheikh Mansour were the China Media Group. Now, the, the Chinese government a few years ago was very keen on having uh, investment in football. So they bought, uh, they encouraged Chinese organizations, companies and individuals to to buy clubs in the Premier League and, and in Italy as well. And then, then things have cooled. Um, it's, it's the same as far as Chinese football is concerned. The Chinese Super League, uh, you might remember the likes of Hulk um, and, and I think Carlos Tevez went there as well. Yeah, they were being yeah. paid an absolute fortune to play in China. Um, and Oscar and uh, you know, Chelsea sold a few players and everybody was making a lot of money out of it. And then the Chinese government said, this, this really doesn't align with the – with the manifesto of the Chinese Communist Party. Mm. Um, and therefore, it says, no, we, we're not going to go ahead with that. So um, China Media Group did own around about 8%, just under 8% of the City Football Group. They've sold practically all of their shares now. Um, half of them have gone to Silver Lake for a substantial sum, and half have gone back to, to Sheikh Mansour himself. So um, we, we now have an American investment fund owning um, around about 18% um, of the City Football Group. And they will be looking for a financial return on the investment. And the reason why I think this is intriguing is I've always said that the the Manchester, you know, Sheikh Mansour is not looking for a financial return. It, he's looking to win trophies. He's, he's, it, he's treating it as a classic trophy asset, which you, know, you, you spend a lot of money on. You're not too worried about the bottom line. All of the focus is on uh, achievements, you know, increasing the the the, uh, the, the fame of, of Manchester City uh, in terms of its uh, on-field achievements um, and, and therefore indirectly uh, enhancing the, uh, the, the how many people know of Sheikh Mansour around the world. Mm. We have three overseas stories, Kieran, to finish this week's pod. And we start in Italy with what I can only describe, Kieran, as shenanigans. Uh, one of your favourite clubs. I think shenanigans is the only word that covers this story. Um, and it's a big one, isn't it? Big shenanigans. It's 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 huge, yes. Um, uh, Juventus uh, is a listed company. And we were talking earlier about when we spoke about Manchester United, that if your shares are listed on the stock exchange, they are subject to uh, more complex rules and a greater degree of scrutiny than, than a private company because – um, you know, I could own some shares in Manchester United and I could sell them to you and there's got to be good faith between us. Whereas in a private company, normally the share, shares tend to be owned by, by, the, by the people who are involved at board level um, because you're not able to, to physically buy and sell shares on a market on a day-by-day basis. So, so Juventus is one of the few clubs which is listed um, on the Italian stock exchange, and and we've spoken before about um, some unusual 
transfers of players taking place. And I think the the, the most uh, notorious of those was uh, when Juventus signed Arthur mm. from uh, from from Barcelona, and uh, they they swapped him for Pjanic. And people said, okay, yeah, those, those players were right. They're probably they're probably worth you know twenty to twenty five mil, which is Decent prices, but it, it's not going to get people overexcited. You know, it's, it's not it's, you're not you're not going to open up the training ground for a for a twenty million pound signing. Um, but then it came through that these these deals were going through for you know sixty five to seventy million. Um, and then you go, there must be a reason behind that. And of course, if I sign a player for for twenty million and I sell him for twenty five, I I make a profit of five million. Uh, you know, we won't worry about amortization. Um, if I sign that same player for twenty million and I sell him for seventy, I make a profit of fifty million. So what's happened here is that by swapping these two players, both Juventus and Barcelona have booked a profit of fifty million pounds on this deal. And then the Italian sort of financial police have said, "Well, it, it's not the only unusual." transfer dealing that Juventus appear to have been linked with. Uh, they've sold a few other players at large profits as well. And it all just looks, it looks unusual. Mm. Now, Juventus successfully defended these charges because how much is the Mona Lisa worth? How much is a Banksy worth? How much is a Picasso worth? Well, we, we don't know. It's, it's worth what somebody's prepared to pay for it. So Juventus's defence was, well, look, there's only one Pjanic around, yeah, if Barcelona are prepared to pay seventy million or sixty-five million for him, whatever it's going to be, then that's what he's worth. And the the financial police looked at it and said, "Well, yeah, but he's he's a bit bobbins." But you know, it says, "Well, yeah, well, that's that's not our problem." Yeah, we we found some mug who was prepared to, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we 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 mugged him off, and 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 that's what they used as as their successful defense. So so that that appeared to have sort of got them out of a, um, oops. Hello, the capers have arrived. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. That's uh, <laughs> that's the theme tune to Halloween, which is my uh, my ringtone. Um, <laughs> I'm letting people into my little world here, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, but then on Monday night this week, um, an announcement came from Juventus um, in a, in a very uh, a very pompous and uh, clearly uh, agonised over press release. But, but Andre- Andrea Agnelli, who is the, the chairman of Juventus, and the whole board, mm. the whole board of directors, had resigned together. And they said, oh, there's, there's ongoing legal and accounting issues. Um, and to be fair, there's, there's some really good websites out there, some really good... Uh, Twitter accounts. I'd, I'd, I'd urge people to follow uh, Italia Football. It is absolutely superb. Um, and what appears to have been the case is that Juventus had said that during um, during lockdown, when when Juventus were hit pretty badly, <coughs> excuse me, bless you, that they that they had uh, they'd managed to get players to agree to take pay cuts and pay deferrals for a period of four months. Now. The accusations, which now appear to be coming through, was that well, actually, the players only took a, a pay cut for one month, and they were being paid through other means, um, the other means than the, the normal payroll. All of which it seems very, very strange. Um, and Juve- the Juventus have said, right, we're, we're now going to publish new accounts. You, you don't do that 
if you've got nothing to hide. Mm. Um, but we are seeing uh, a sort of defence coming out from the club, and they are saying um, what, what's happened is is normal accounting. Well, yep, I, I've been an accountant for a few years, and I've never called something normal, which involves you having to go and completely restate your accounts and the whole board of directors resigning at the same time. So it does sound um, pretty weird, mm. um, and we will await developments. Um, it, it does. There's a bit of bit of Schadenfreude uh, arising here because uh, Andrea Agnelli, as we know, is still one of the big cheerleaders of Super League, and uh, they, I think, the the three Super League clubs, Barcelona, Real Madrid. And Juventus, um, they they appear to be uh, having a very close relationship with an organisation called A Twenty Two, who turned up in Brussels this week um, to try to persuade the the EU because we're expecting a a ruling on the Super League on around about the fifteenth or sixteenth of December, and the the head of A Twenty Two saying, well, you know, you've got, you've got it completely wrong about these Super League clubs. Uh, you know they're all above board, um, and, and they want greater transparency and better governance, and, and they just want a fairer deal for football. And all the journalists were writing this down and go, "Oh blimey, well, yeah, perhaps have we got, uh, perhaps we've got Barcelona and Real Madrid, who, who let in case anybody's forgotten, um, were both subject to fines by the EU for mm. uh, for taking illegal state aid, and now we've got Juventus who were relegated um, from Serie A a few years ago for uh, financial financial misdemeanors um and now and now we've got this other event taking place so if that's if that's good transparency if, if that's good governance um I, I i just fear for the rest of football you know if that's if that's the gold standard to which we should be trying to uh to follow it does seem uh a bit a bit messy to put it mildly mm. as you know kieran i i love art i'm very fond of art i don't like the mona lisa She's got that look on her face, which indicates that you've done something to annoy her, but she won't tell you what it is. Which well, that normally takes about three hours to, <laughs> to, um, to unravel. I find this this business, Kieran, of issuing new accounts uh, is that uh, well, you've indicated it's not common, but does does that not imply that this they either made a mistake in the old accounts or they, the old accounts were wrong? It, it, surely that raises suspicion suspicion levels very very high, does it not? Yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, it, you only change them if if there's a reason to change them, and it's either error or fraud. It's as simple as that. Um, and uh, according to Juventus's own press release, that the whole thing's being like, blown out of proportion. <laughs> well, if that's the case, why resign the whole board? Yeah. All of them. Yeah, um, we've ascertained, Kieran, that because we're not very good at admin, our, our football shirts won't be available for Christmas. But if you are looking to buy something for the loved one in your life, um, there's a minority stake in Paris Saint-Germain going. I don't know how you'd wrap that, but <laughs> who's interested in buying them? Um, well, we've got uh, the Qatari owners are, are wanting to sell uh, 15% of Paris Saint-Germain. Um, they've seen what's happened at Chelsea. They've seen what's happening at Manchester United and Liverpool. Um, and um, they, they are looking for what we refer to as a whale. Um, and a whale is somebody that's made an awful lot of money uh, over the course of the last decade. And there's a lot of whales. A lot of, a lot of people have made an absolute fortune um, in recent years, mainly from technology. 
uh, and uh, social media and so on. And, and it, it, there's a case for saying, you know, why why buy 15% of a football club, which is effectively run as a as a state club mm. uh, because of the, the relationship? And, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Um, you know, what what involvement are you going to have? It's, it's going to cost you somewhere in the region of 500 million euro. So you know, there's there's a case for saying the uh, you know the Ferrero Rocher bought on December the twenty fourth, walking home from the local garage, <laughs> is probably a better deal than than writing out a check to to the Qatari owners for five hundred million euros when you get absolutely nothing in return. Because uh, you, if you say to them, well, well you know, I, I think I think we should be doing this. Or, yeah, we should be expanding the stadium. We should be signing these players. I'm not very happy with the manager. Um, they say, well, we own eighty five percent on your bike, pal. You'd probably get a decent seat, I imagine, wouldn't you? And the, the, the food, I would the, hope so. The food would be all right, wouldn't it? Um, our last story, Kieran, against my uh, almost against my better wishes, I've been thoroughly enjoying watching the football at this World Cup, but quite a few people have been unable to watch it, Kieran, have they, because of the actions of one country? Yes, um, and, and this this does seem very strange. Uh, the, the the Qatari and the Saudi Arabian government, I think it's fair to say, they fell out. Um, a few years ago, and uh, Qatar was uh, effectively embargoed uh, through through uh, various geographical links. So it, you, you couldn't uh, you couldn't land ships there unless you went through very long routes and so on. Um, so th- things were quite messy uh, between Qatar and, and quite a few of the Gulf states, of which Saudi Arabia was was the most significant. And then. There was there was a thawing of that relationship, and uh, you know I'm, my knowledge of Middle Eastern geopolitics is is a bit sketchy. But um, there, there was a uh, an entente cordiale, um, and Saudi Arabia and the Qatari uh, emirs um, have been seen at matches together. So you know you would think that oh well it's good you know and, and we're going to say has there been any good that's come through uh, so, you know so off field activities if if two countries can can now talk to each other then then that is good as far as I'm concerned, um, but what is weird is that back in Saudi Arabia itself um, the the matches can be seen on a combination of free to air and subscription channels so you know, we I think we. We take for granted yeah. um, that we will see every single match of the World Cup um, you know, for, forever going forwards um, on BBC or ITV. Um, and I think that's part of, of our football culture. Um, although, if you take a look at the legislation, it's only the World Cup final that's deemed to be a, a crown jewel and has to be made free to air. Um, so you know, yeah, we could see perhaps Sky or somebody else come in for it in the future, but I think they'd be a they'd be a bit reluctant because I think they know they'd get a backlash from yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but in other countries, that that culture is is different, and, and different doesn't mean better or worse. It's it's just different. So as far as Saudi Arabia was concerned, um, fans could watch on free to air, or they could use a subscription channel, and then all of a sudden the subscription channel got blocked. Um, and this was a few days into the World Cup. Um, I think that the the Saudi games themselves were uh, were shown because they were originally on free to air anyway, because the Saudi government wanted as many of its uh, of its citizens to be able to see. And, and, and that, that, you know, Saudi Arabia they, they are football pretty football potty over there. Yeah. Um, so so it's it all now seems 
a bit uncertain as to how things are developing with regard to that relationship. Um, but Saudi Arabia, I think it's fair to say, has a bit of history because uh, Bay in Sports, uh, which, which has the, the Middle Eastern rights for um, the Champions League, for the Premier League and so on, um, it was being blocked in Saudi Arabia for a few years and somebody was pirating the matches, mm. um, which meant that uh, Bayin were losing an absolute fortune as a result because people were using the pirated product, which was a lot cheaper. Um, now, uh, people say, well, surely that's no different from uh, you know, if you've got a mate called Big Dave down the pub who's got some dodgy sticks. And, and I say, well, I, I think it's it's slightly different because it appeared to have been doing this this uh, this piracy. It appeared to be doing it sort of at corporate level or higher. Mm. That's it. Uh, this is this is Wednesday, Kieran. We're recording Wednesdays, eight minutes yes. to seven. So Saudi Arabia about to kick off. They could qualify for the knockout stage, which would be fantastic for the football. Yes, in that area. Um, uh, obviously, we'll be watching Argentina, Poland, or Le- or Lewandowski versus Messi, as BBC Radio have been calling it all day. <laughs> uh, now we do have an interview for you this week with programs expert Ian Hine, who's not just an expert on football programs; he specialises in collecting Brighton and Hove Albion programs, Kieran, which is very, very niche. Fine, upstanding man, really, very niche. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was so well behaved. I was quite proud of myself for being so well behaved with you and another Brighton fan on. Uh, but instead of playing it to you now, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to put the interview out as a standalone episode tomorrow. We're not always going to do this with our interviews, but we are conscious that some of our Thursday episodes have got a little bit, shall we say, Lawrence of Arabia in scale <laughs> yeah, in recent weeks. So um, let us know what you think. And thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to join them, that'd be very kind of you. You can make a small monthly contribution to the pod, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash priceoffootball. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show on our Monday edition, and it's questions at priceoffootball.com. And in the meantime, I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell. Well, as always, folks, thanks so much for your support, uh, which is coming across in many ways. I, I know uh, the, the I think the Spotify uh, playlists have come out today, and, and I believe a few of you have, be, have watched our podcast more than or listened to our podcast more than any others over the course of the year. And well, I, I, we're, we're really humbled that, that you love the show so much. Uh, so that's one way of well, th- thank you very much for the support. Uh, Patreon's another vehicle for doing that. Um, but also, you can go on to your uh, you can go on to your podcast app, and you can give us a review. Give us five stars. It, it really helps us in the charts. It helps us uh, to have the credibility to when we're trying to book guests and so on. And, and by all accounts, it, it doesn't matter what you say uh, as far as the the actual written report is concerned. So you could even say you'd rather have the show presented by Robert Lewandowski and Bobby Davro, and <laughs> it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference. In fact. I, I'd, I'd listen to it myself. Little Bobby Lewandowski, that'd be great, wouldn't it? I um, we went, to, a group of us went to uh, Poland a couple of years back, Krakow, and one of our younger friends decided that instead of saying please and thank you, he was going to say Lewandowski to every Polish person he spoke to, which lasted about forty minutes before someone threatened to chin him. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, I think we don't, none of us speak Polish, but that was the gist clearly of what was yes. being said to him. Um, uh, Bobby Dav, poor Arthur. Bobby Dav, God, God love him. That's all. We, that's, that's the only thing you can say about Bobby Dav. God love him. Bye, everybody. Bye. The price of football.
that provides some photo call.